1: It was also strange to be in their locker room and hear some of the players be like, hey, did you bring any soap? And the other guy's like, no, did, did you have any soap to another guy? And he's like, no. And then the manager goes around handing out hotel soap.
0: Um, oh, I, was, I was like, that, huh. That- they don't provide soap in the in the uh, visitors' locker rooms? Maybe that's a gamesmanship thing? <laughs>
1: or maybe they just didn't want to use whatever, like, provided body wash there was. Oh. You know? You know how it is. Like, they usually have, like,
0: those dispensers, and you're like, ooh. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah.
1: But I just was like, I, and one guy goes, this wasn't the game to forget the soap. And I was like, is there a game to forget the soap? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, maybe a home game, because they probably have extra soap there, but... I don't know that there's any game that I'd like to forget the soap. Welcome to an ACC podcast. I'm Lauren Brownlow. And, oh, state. Just... (sighs) ah <sighs> i okay it, to be fair i agreed to have well i i didn't agree to have cheese i asked steven <laughs> muma from backing the pack to come on with me and i even said so don't don't get on me for a jinx i said rain or shine so to speak like because i felt like this was a big game in the context of state season for a lot of reasons um i don't know that i expected it to go quite like that steven um against North Carolina. How are you? Not
0: well. No. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I guess at this point, the one thing that I can say is I'm never surprised when something like this happens against North Carolina and Roy Williams. But uh, yeah, that was pretty rough. That was painful.
1: Like literally as I'm sort of watching them like awkwardly try to hide like a pee stain on their pants and like as the game's ending, Mm -hmm. right. Metaphorically speaking, of course, (laughs) um, I feel like I was driving myself crazy because I was like, the thing about this game, and I know Roy Williams, what, he's like, what is it, like 36 and four? I don't even know the win total. I know it's like four losses against State ever since he's been Carolina.
0: It's not important, really. Yeah. (laughs) The the details are not important, honestly. But But
1: here's my thing. And I know we're in a college basketball season that makes no sense. So maybe I'm the idiot. But my thing with the streak and and it's fair because like, it's not like they've been so far apart that it would have been crazy for state to beat them a time or two, but like Carolina's always been on paper anyways, the better team, except for like one time. And that one time, guess what state did? They won by double digits. Like I'm going by Ken Palm, of course here, but like that is what happened. That's the the last time state since 2011, because that's the first time Ken Palm was keeping rankings at game Mm time. Um, because obviously we've seen it can fluctuate quite a bit throughout right. the season. That's the only time state's been the better team, Ken Palm wise, and state won. And this time they were forty some spots better. Like it wasn't even close. I just I I, I don't
0: I, uh, <sighs> make it make sense. Uh,
1: can you make it make sense? Kinda.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it's clearly a missed opportunity as far as that goes. I think everybody is feeling the pain a little extra because we all know uh, from the state's end that this is not something that's going to last for North Carolina. This is one of their worst teams and who knows how long, and it's something they'll quickly turn around, of course, because this, you know, Roy has had his blips here and there, but these things are, are very short-lived. So yeah, this was an opportunity this year to at least split this series if, if not possibly sweep it. But uh, yeah, I think uh, NC State's just playing really poorly offensively this month and the They've picked the bad time to slump from the perimeter, and I swear it feels like North Carolina is always, in terms of its roster, the way Roy likes to play, is always like perfectly optimized to, to beat NC State and take advantage of all of NC State's weaknesses, which again we saw last night because they crushed NC State on the glass, which they've done seemingly every time for... Eternity that I can remember since Roy's been there. Yeah, it's painful. It's,
1: that part, it's weird. That part surprised me a, a little, but not a ton because I think, you know, especially with Manny Bates, I guess was limited. I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, it seemed like either through fouls or through playing time or whatever that he was not quite 100%. I guess.
0: <laughs> Probably not, but i mean, still not a great rebounder it, yet. That's true.
1: But I I was, I think my biggest question mark that I had watching that game play out, especially early, um, obviously State played well early and then Carolina sort of bounced right back and and Garrison Brooks and Armando Bakeout were able to do what they do on the inside because that's the thing. Like those are Carolina's only threats to slow down. And I was, I think if I, I, I'm not in the questioning coach Keats camp, uh, like big, like big picture wise, but I didn't understand why, um, Jericho Helms was on Garrison Brooks for almost any significant period of time.
0: That did not make any sense to me either. Uh, I understand also that the team is somewhat limited in what they can do, but clearly they needed to try a few different things last night. They didn't. It didn't work out. Um, Credit to Garrison Brooks for carrying that that team offensively in the paint. They needed somebody to do that. Uh, It's just kind of a strange game in a sense that you had two teams that really get little from the three-point line. So it's just kind of a a throwback game in a way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So CJ Bryce, we have to talk about that. I don't understand what's going on with him. It's just – it's beyond bizarre to me at this point in time with with him because – It's one thing to play poorly and have turnovers and and not shoot well. Like, those are all normal basketball-y things, right? But I don't know. I mean, you you watch this team pretty closely as well. It just seems like it goes a little bit deeper for him. And it's crazy to me because I think he he played so well, I thought, in his first three games back. And the last two games have just been the exact opposite of that.
0: It is really, really deeply concerning and confusing. Yeah, I I don't know if it's a... Some sort of weird existential uh, confidence thing all of a sudden, but uh, I think the Georgia Tech game was probably stranger just because he only took, I think, four shots. Four yeah, shots. Um, and two of those came really early. He took a couple of early baseline jump shots against Georgia Tech's zone defense and missed those, um, and then just kind of faded into the background and and barely was noticeable the rest of the game. At least on Monday night, he'd try, he Trey who made it more had more of an effort of to try to be involved but uh yeah zero points two to two games in a row for somebody that's been so consistent all year and so good at,
1: and two and two of his lowest usage percentages uh, of the year
0: yeah I, it's hard to explain stuff like that <laughs> you just don't know what might be going on in the background sometimes
1: Yeah, we've talked about the i like we talked about this on this podcast before too. Like it, it it is easy to forget sometimes that these guys aren't like college athlete automatons, and sometimes they have real life things that impact them. Um, you know whether it's like actual things that happen in their lives or you know whatever it is. Like sometimes you could maybe you're breaking up with somebody or so I'm not saying he is I'm just saying like that stuff (laughs) that stuff plays a role and I mean I just it's so it is so bizarre to me because at first you could say well maybe he's just coming back from the injury and he's not quite got his feet back under him yet but that I mean I I I don't know that that obviously can't continue to happen um I I I just it's so I just want things to make sense you know I know
0: (laughs) we all do (laughs) And like I wish they would, but college basketball does not agree this year.
1: <laughs> it doesn't, but all year long, state fans were like, this is gonna you know Carolina's still gonna beat us and I'm sitting there like, no, guys, no, that's not gonna happen because Carolina's not very good this year and you guys are better than them. And I just I don't I, I don't understand. I really don't I just
0: <laughs> I really really didn't see it coming honestly, I didn't <laughs> but, but here we you are didn't? no. I was actually fairly confident about this game, but... uh,
1: Oh, God, that's the cruelest That shows
0: what I know. That was a mistake, a terrible mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: God. No, I mean, I kind of was too. Like, I, you know, I did think Carolina would play better because they, I guess, you know, it's funny because state fans were were saying to me, they were like, well, I actually feel better about this now that they've won because then they might have some false confidence. (laughs) And I was like, I get that. Like, I get that. But I think it kind of backfired on them. Yeah, you know, I just I think
0: that that's for sure. Because
1: now they they had real life confidence after that, and that that that's the thing. The weirdest thing to me about this game was that at the end of it, it seemed like State and Carolina had sort of switched demeanors. I guess like State looked like the team where nobody wanted to shoot, and that was what was really surprising to me. I think that was the most surprising about the way the end of that game played out. Because Carolina has coughed up leads, like it's happened. Sure. I've seen it. Seen it with my own two eyes, like, and it just seemed like. Clinton
0: made history doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know.
1: And you know, <laughs> yeah. speaking of watching someone throw up on themselves, I did watch that live as well. So I've seen a lot of awkward moments that I wished I could look Ooh. away from, um, for the sake of the teams I cover. <laughs> and that was that for state last night for me. And it wasn't like they were doing anything quite. They weren't throwing away multiple inbounds passes or anything. But I mean, it just felt like i was watching a team having a very awkward moment in front of everyone
0: it does seem like they they feel that pressure that starts to build in that in the arena when a game like this is going in the wrong direction or it's not going in their favor late and they start to tighten up a little bit maybe based off of the general emotion in that building i don't know if it's just something different about playing unc and there's some added pressure that comes with that and just the fact that they tend to lose these games a lot more often than they don't. But
1: uh, Well, and it's, it's it's funny, too. Like the State fans were so convinced that because Cole Anthony's recovery was right at the six-week point for this game, he'd be back. He'd come back in that game and have like 40 points. That was always the scenario they were envisioning. It's almost crueler the way it actually played out. And I almost wonder if that had an impact on the guys because it's like, oh, he's not playing. We should win this game. And everyone knows that. Oh,
0: God. Yeah. Now, what do that, we do? That is certainly a possibility pre game for sure. Maybe there was a, a letdown as far as that went. And, you know, maybe it was just they came out and played well if initially. And once Carolina fought back and it became clear that they weren't going to go away, then that became kind of more like an uh-oh moment.
1: You mentioned the pressure in that building too. And that w- that's something that I think is always palpable, um, not just against Carolina, but it can be against other teams too. And I've always been fascinated by the psychology there of like the chicken or the egg thing, right? You know, where it, it, it does feel like it's contagious at times where the, the dread that state fans feel or the angst and the, you know, it just, it feels I can feel it. So I feel like they have to be able to as well.
0: Yeah. It just seems like that's something that's always there. Just it's been built into everybody over the years, whether they like it or not, it seems like. And it's uh, I don't think if, if anybody could help it, they wouldn't want that to spread to the team. But it just kind of what what naturally right.
1: it's, not no, 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 it's
0: just uh, <laughs> what naturally comes in these these types of games, unfortunately, but.
1: I just, you know, I have a newfound respect for you all today, honestly. Like, I don't want that to sound patronizing. But, like, look, I think that I've said this before. The teams I cover especially, I like when they're good. It's much more fun for me. I would prefer it. I was excited about State. And I was like, hey, I think that they're good. And to watch that game play out the way it did, I just, I feel like in as much as possible as I could feel like, a fan, if that makes sense. I was like, "This is what you guys deal with, isn't it?" I <laughs> yeah.
0: don't understand. Like, there you go, there uh, it is. I just
1: <clears throat> and I just kept saying, "Why are you like this?" I just, I don't, I don't understand. um Okay, emotions aside, I guess. Yeah, they're they're um, going
0: in the wrong direction. That's for sure.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I mean, what is a big picture? Like, uh, that's a quad three loss. They've got how many of those now? Two. Too
0: many. I'm not, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the team sheet lately. It's uh, one of those things where when they lose a couple of games, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to ignore this for a bit.
1: <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, because I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it can't help. I will say this, and I've said this all season. They have to fill out the tournament with someone.
0: It's true. Um,
1: <laughs> and and State thank goodness
0: ha- for that. <laughs> and
1: State has obviously put itself in a much better position with its non-conference schedule than it did a year ago so there is a little more margin for error but i think now going forward for state the issue is going to be i guess those elusive quad one wins right especially with taking some quad three you know
0: losses. yeah once again that's that's the problem at this point is there's just no real headlining win at the top of the resume that you can just Saying that this is a big marquee W. This is clearly a tournament team. They beat the, they, they beat Team X. Um, and there's fewer opportunities, of course, for those because the ACC is just not quite where we're used to it being this year. Right. So that doesn't help. I mean, it's kind of a give and a take where you could pile up a good conference record, but you may not have a ton of good wins in there, which hurts. And
1: Although in like the weirdest, cruelest twist of fate ever, as sure as I am sometimes that state's not going to play up to its potential against North Carolina, I'm equally sure they will play up to their potential against Duke when they play them at home.
0: It does seem that way, which is <laughs> which is okay. I mean, I can take that as a consolation. So that's, yeah, that's nice. And the schedule is favorable in the sense that NC State doesn't have a return trip to Louisville or Florida State this year. Um, so those opportunities against some of the better teams yep. are again there, but the question is, can they take advantage? And the way they're playing at the offensive end right now, I'm just not sure. I just, I'm just not sure that they're up to it. They've got some significant issues to work through right now.
1: So the most common critique. This this is just going to get us to Keats and and Kevin Keats and I I like Keats. Um, I think he's still sort of settling into his role as a coach on this level, as opposed to coaching at UNCW because I think they're two completely different animals. Um, but I see. I I feel like I've seen growth. Um, but I guess like what offensively do you think? that they can sort of tweak and do, or is there anything like, is it player execution? Is it something that you think they can tweak offensively to to get things going a little bit? Like, what do you think it is?
0: I think primarily it's just the execution and the lack of shooters on this team. I'm not sure there's anything that you can really solve uh, with a with system changes uh, or with just calling different plays or maybe shuffling who is on the ball, who's off the ball. Um, it just feels like there's not enough perimeter scoring on this team for them to consistently shoot at a decent percentage. And uh, they're probably better than they've been this month. I think they're at like 26% or so from three point range since January the first. Um, Ooh. Oh, it's something no. ugly. It's, it's pretty gross. If you, if you look at their last handful of games, it's been a real, real problem. Um, some of that is just Braxton Beverly is still not a hundred percent with his back injury. Markel Johnson another one of those you know please make sense situations where he's just kind of struggled all year long after having after having such yeah. a great junior year he's just not built on that whatsoever and uh, just just not a lot of reliable perimeter scores on this team and that's that's been costly at this point
1: yeah no I'm with you um I want to hit a little bit of what happened over the weekend I, I, I wanted to wait for the big Monday partially because I know, you know, the Kobe Bryant, you know, death and and the helicopter crash and all the lives lost there was something that was understandably uh, on everybody's minds Sunday and yeah. Monday. So, um, and then obviously I thought, look, I did think this was a big pivotal game, North Carolina. I think they just wanted to like win basketball games, and um, the one thing that struck me for them was they looked at least like they were having fun playing basketball, which is new for them this year. Um, and I was I was happy for their guys in that sense because they've just looked so miserable all season. Although like every time Brandon Robinson touched the ball by the end of the game, I was cringing for him because he was just like it was like he was playing football out there and at his size. That's quite dangerous. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But he just, yeah, he had like a rib injury and like an ankle injury and um, he was just, I mean, I could see him grimacing every time he touched the ball But he was just determined to finish that game. And um, he got in a car accident. I think it's like two weeks ago now and got whiplash. And apparently I saw this from Jonathan Alexander from the News and Observer. Fans were like on his Instagram saying like claiming he was like soft or faking. And I was just like, clearly, none of y'all have had whiplash before. Like, it's amazing. He's even back out now. Like he probably has to take some sort of medication to even play somewhat comfortably so
0: people just um, need to people yeah, need to I calm mean, but, down man it's just crazy to me that just i, I got in a car accident 2020
1: people <laughs> yeah. calm down yeah I, I was hit by a drunk driver like in this basketball season like in my senior year at north carolina like please leave me alone entitled jerks really? yeah i guess <laughs> like that's, that's what i would say back if i were brandon robinson but thankfully for unc basketball yeah. I am
0: please not. don't project your frustrations <laughs> onto me thank you <laughs>
1: yeah seriously like
0: god it's not my fault
1: i've actually developed super well and like i'm coming like you know I've, I've played way better every single year at carolina like leave me alone <laughs> but yeah i mean honestly like they they've obviously like Winning is fun for them and everything else I don't know what it means I don't think it necessarily means Anything I was surprised uh, I chatted with Cole Anthony A little bit last night so did some other people in the locker Room about like hey so You good and he was like yeah Um, I'm he said he's at least like 90% So I guess he'll come back so I would be surprised If he's not back Saturday that gives them a lot Of time to sort of get him back get him back against Boston College before you play Florida State And Duke you know I think that's probably the yeah. move Yeah um, So we'll see. Um, And this, yeah, it was the six week window, but they're being extra cautious. I also want to report on this podcast that I asked him what kind of gum he was chewing. Um, (laughs) Because, yeah, I told him he was being split screen and he's like, yeah, I heard it was split screen chewing a lot of gum. And I was like, yes. (laughs) And he was. it
0: was a lot of gum. Yeah. A lot of gum.
1: He said um, he thinks chewing one piece of gum is boring and go big or go home. So I thought that
0: was fair enough.
1: <laughs> I was like, fair you know enough. what? Can't argue with that, buddy. Uh, <laughs> it was a very strange conversation, but um, <laughs> it was also strange to be in their locker room and hear some of the players be like, hey, did you bring any soap? And the other guy's like, no. Did Did you have any soap to another guy? And he's like, no. And then the manager goes around handing out hotel soap. Um, oh, you know, I was, I was like, that, huh. That-
0: they don't provide soap in the in the uh, visitors locker rooms. Maybe that's a gamesmanship thing? <laughs>
1: or maybe they just didn't want to use whatever like provided body wash there
0: was. Oh.
1: You know? You know how it is like they usually have like those dispensers and you're like, "Ooh."
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah.
1: But I just was like I, and one guy goes, "This wasn't the game to forget the soap." And I was like, "Is there a game to forget the soap?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, maybe a home game cuz they probably have extra soap there, but <laughs> I don't know that there's any game huh. that I'd like to forget the soap for. And I hadn't actually, really thought about
0: that, but yeah, that's a, an <laughs> important travel tip there in the ACC. Seriously, remember your soap, everybody. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I've heard some people say if he comes back and they play well, they have an outside chance. The way their schedule lines up, I see why people say that, because if they were to have a really good record against this schedule with Cole Anthony, um, they have they would have a lot of really good wins in there as well. And they actually have, apparently they're tied for the most quad one wins. Like in the country. Which is so this is that's how stupid this season is.
0: <laughs> yeah, they they started out well. Yeah, they they started out well. I just uh it is kind of weird. Um I don't know. Maybe if they I'm not sure that they can rally I don't think they have it quite in them as far as the talent goes yeah, to rally all the way back, but nothing would shock me at this point.
1: <sighs> yeah, seriously. Um we'll hit on a little bit of what happened over the weekend too. Um Yeah. Speaking of, (laughs) oh boy, speaking of something that I think state fans would find this, I think state fans found a certain um, enjoyment of this whole sequence where Notre Dame and Florida State played um, at Florida State and Mike Bray was not happy with the end of game officiating. And he did what I've seen state fans on my timeline begging, I think somewhat foolishly for Kevin Keats to do which is, like, go off on the officials. And Mike Mike took it beyond, like, hey, I think these refs are bad, and I love Mike Bray, but he went to, we're not a full member in football, which I just, <laughs> yeah. you know.
0: He put the tinfoil hat on there for a second.
1: <clears throat> I just, you know, I don't know that the refs, that ref college basketball particularly care about the ACC revenue sharing agreement with Notre Dame and football. I don't know. I could be wrong, right? Mm.
0: I mean, I, I can't see why they would care unless there's some sort of directive from on high or something, but no, that, that that's not a thing.
1: It's, it's legit not a thing, but I mean, look, I, has college basketball officiating been great this season? No. Is it great most seasons? No. Is it worse than usual? I don't know. Maybe, but I just, I get so weary at times from just like this over-analyzation we do of, of of over-analysis, I guess, not analyzation. I don't think that's a word. Um, over, <laughs> over-analysis. <laughs> it is if you anyway. want it to be. <laughs> well, there you go. That's this college basketball season anyway. But I, yeah, I think we fixate a little too much on it. And I, I get why fans get frustrated from time to time. But it's like, hey, Mike, you know, buddy, sometimes sometime, you can always explain things with incompetence. But I know people right. were very excited to see him um go off on the refs. i did think it was interesting they they reprimanded him publicly and then find the institution like i wonder if they feel like that's supposed to be a deterrent where like oh you got mom and dad mad at you now like they find your parents and not you i don't know
0: i guess uh, yeah that was confusing <laughs> to me also i didn't uh didn't, that didn't make any sense to me but you know good for mike Bray, i guess uh, sure but I, I i agree it would be silly to to just go off on the refs like this for Kevin Keats or, or most anybody else who doesn't have tenure in this league in particular, just doesn't seem like a particularly good idea to get on the officials radar like that.
1: Yeah. Like, (laughs) guess what? They're human beings at the end of the day. Like, do you really think going off on them will make them go, huh? We should give that team more calls.
0: (laughs) I should just dramatically improve overnight. (laughs) Now that I think I about give, it, yeah.
1: I should I should give their players the benefit of the doubt because this guy just called me incompetent. That should yeah. work, right?
0: <laughs> it meant if a anything, lot to me I'd when he like, said that, yeah.
1: If anything that make me want to like as a human because I'm a terrible person, it would make me more inclined to just like give a blatantly bad call against your team and then just like stare the guy down like all right. Exactly. Want, that's what I would worry about. about. Me in public? Yeah. Like
0: <laughs> as a state fan, that's what I would worry about, yeah.
1: <laughs> S- send your tape to the league. Do it that way. Figure it out. Whatever. It's it is what it is. Yeah. Um,
0: if you feel like you need to make a statement for whatever reason for your players or something, okay. But it it doesn't. Uh, there's no point in the silliness of going off on some nonsense about we're not a full member, so we're not getting the the fair treatment. And blah blah blah. Just just stick to the the usual outlets and let's let's also remember Occam's Razor here. <laughs> yeah like like you said like you said incompetence explains most everything here
1: yes it really does guys i promise um today's episode is brought to you by cars.com Florida State, I've I've been a little worried about them lately. Um, struggling with Virginia is whatever. Winning by 10 at Wake is whatever. This is all they've done since beating Louisville on the road, too. Um, but needing to go to OT to beat Miami, I know it's on the road. And then mm, struggling a little bit down the stretch with Notre Dame, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just a little concerned. I saw Virginia is actually the favorite in that game tonight.
0: Yeah, I guess they're close enough in the uh, Pomeroy ratings where that's basically a coin flip. So we'll see how that goes. So they gave them a, like you said, they gave them a tough game down there in Tallahassee. And I'm still – Florida State, to me, has always been odd because of it. Just kind of the way Leonard Hamilton recruits, it seems like they always have a couple of flaws. Um, one of those is turnovers offensively, which can make them a little erratic. And the other one is that's very confusing at times is how bad they are on the defensive glass – so, oh, they yeah. have these things that, that on any given night can be a, a major uh, problem for them that could create uh, potential problems against maybe lesser opponents. So, it's they're kind of strange that way.
1: Yeah, they are. And I mean, even it's weird. I mean, Virginia had 18 turnovers against them. Like that game shouldn't have been that close, but Virginia actually shot uncharacteristically well. Um, in that game so that's probably part of it but um, yeah I, I'm actually like I you know I've said this before I'll say it again I, I'm still surprised at how Virginia players struggling as much as they do to shoot continue to like defend the way like th- to play as hard as they do defensively because I feel like human nature would just dictate that it's like oh screw it we know we're not making any shots you know like
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's that's really impressive um, that Tony Bennett's been able to instill such a culture at that end of the floor that it does not seem to affect them when their offense is as bad as it's been. Because good lord, has it been bad?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just it's real like it's real real bad. Um, Carolina's probably passed them a tick offensively. I haven't even looked, but I mean they're just they cannot shoot the basketball, and that's sort of a problem. Um, yeah, big like issue. <laughs> a little bit um yeah it wouldn't surprise me if they managed to squeak out some sort of win just cuz i think fsu has been playing with fire a little bit here but we'll see um uh yeah it's they're you know I, you know i'm a virginia defender but like look they're fun to watch when they have players that can make plays on offense and they don't have those
0: so they they very much do not yeah it's it's pretty painful right now yeah their games, a lot of a lot of missed shots in those games.
1: A Lot of missed shots, and a lot of uh, I know, I'm a friend of the pod, obviously, and frequent guest, Caroline Darney. A lot of Caroline Darney's favorite shots, the long twos. She hates those. Oh
0: yeah, yeah <laughs> that, that that's that's been painful. That was one thing I noticed about uh, the Cavaliers when NC State went up there uh, last week. Was there? They do take some uh, long jumpers, yeah. kind of unpleasant I like, should stop doing that
1: it's like have you guys seen your own shooting numbers
0: yeah it's just or just take a couple of feet back I mean it doesn't change anything really but at least it's worth more points if it happens to go in
1: exactly yeah come on people maybe they just can't find <laughs> the line maybe they need to make it clearer I'm not sure
0: there's the problem yeah <laughs> that must be it
1: <laughs> um Louisville obviously continues to look well Louisville speaking of playing with fire I feel like if you take out that Duke game right they, in that stretch, sort of of after the Florida State game, had looked a little shaky, you know, kind of struggling against teams that you thought they would beat or beat by more. But, you know, like struggling with Georgia Tech at home the game after Duke, I sort of chalked up to, okay, I'll give them that one. It's a little bit of a letdown game. Okay, fine. Even at home. Uh, but then they take care of Clemson. So maybe maybe Louisville is who I thought they were when they won at Duke because that was probably as impressed with a team as I've been um, this year in a game I've seen in person.
0: They definitely looked the part of the best team in the ACC on that night. But yeah, I, I agree. It, it's it's hard to tell with them at times. Uh, they've had some some of those blips here and there, and they've been a little, I guess you could say, a little more inconsistent offensively maybe than – we're used to from some of the the top teams. Um, But uh, again, with this, with, with so much to take advantage of in the league this year, they could just as well go on a lengthy winning streak here. Who knows? Well, I guess they're already on one, but
1: (laughs) yes, technically Uh, the Georgia tech close win does not count as a loss. Um, Darn it. (laughs) Although there were people immediately like, guys, what are you doing? I was like, well, to be fair, that's, that's the season of college basketball, isn't it?
0: It's Georgia Tech. They they jump in there sometimes. They, they really just kinda... do.
1: <laughs> hey, you guys, you know what? I think you guys should be kind of flattered in a way because I think like there has, there's been this theory. And I think Joe Giglio is the one that's been sort of putting it out there from the News and Observer. Uh, also former podcast guest that Georgia Tech has this like big game mentality. Um where they play well against the named teams and that has right. kind of held true this season. Like it it it's been really weird. I mean, they've they played Duke close, they played Louisville close, they beat the crap out of North Carolina. They put up 96 points against North Carolina. Like they couldn't I bet they don't put up 96 points against like in practice against like whoever they're.
0: Yeah, that was that was really weird in hindsight.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it just I mean, they have played well in you know they played well against virginia too i mean they just they've played well against those so-called name teams and and then they lose to you know ball state which actually isn't horrible but it is their worst loss of the year um yeah so i guess nc state is in that group of teams that they they bring their (laughs) age yeah
0: that's awesome thank you georgia tech the very flattering thank you means a lot um almost as much as winning the game itself but yeah (laughs)
1: it's
0: unfortunate you know but they play good defense what can't do did you
1: see that stat that um i I, I believe it was matt thompson a georgia tech fan on twitter put out that like the last time each team in the acc was like three games above 500 which is not a crazy place to be and everybody else's was fairly recent and georgia tech's was like 1996 and i was like what how
0: (laughs) i couldn't believe it i went back and looked at the the final four year and I was like wow they really never got more than two games up but yeah I mean the, the ACC was a murderer's row back then it but was still, yes I thought, exactly I thought for sure that that team at least was three games up at some point but nope
1: <laughs> yeah I was gonna say to be fair to Georgia Tech like that team that year was was crazy in it the was. ACC but um like it's just got so many Ken Palm top teams I'm looking at it that must have been fun it was fun. Don't know what that's the good, like.
0: The good old days. <laughs> watching watching
1: good Ken Pom teams. Wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't know what that's like this year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that yeah. was, I mean, uh, Georgia Tech basketball is just this weird thing that continues to exist and, and not be very good in perpetuity, seemingly. Um,
0: yeah, oh. I can't figure out why they can't quite get that back on track, but.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the switch to like a, a brand that's not like a brand that people mow their lawns in will help. I don't know. Who knows?
0: Yeah, sure. That's that's true. That could be the case. Just Ru- got to give it time to sink in, I guess.
1: Russell Athletic ain't bringing the the, the kids. <laughs> no. Wasn't bringing the kids to Atlanta. It just, yeah. I think the geographical spread too probably in recruiting has helped or hurt them some too. I mean, it's not like people grow up and go, you know what? I want to play at Georgia Tech. In fact, if anything, they go, oh, I don't want to end up there.
0: That's true, that is very true, yeah,
1: <laughs> um speaking of teams that make no sense in a weird way, a team that makes no sense in actually makes sense because this is what this team does is is Syracuse good now like is that is is that what we're doing are they are they good
0: I, sure <laughs> I've, ugh, I don't. I don't like any of the teams in this stupid league this year, darn it. But uh, give them credit. They've been playing well the last handful of games. Some of them weird. But yeah, I, I had pretty much left the Orange for dead there about a month ago. And here they are, won five games in a row and got themselves back in the NCAA tournament discussion. I guess sure. clearly they, they deserve to be in that, that second tier of of teams vying for fourth place as well as anybody else at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, their best win is Virginia. At this point, um, and that's not—they don't have any top fifty Ken Palm wins, but they also don't have any like horrendous losses. Their worst one is Oklahoma State, um, which okay, so yeah, they put themselves—they put themselves in the conversation. They're they're weird in the sense that like from game to game they can be either unwatchable or really fun, and that's bizarre to me.
0: Yeah, it's one of those <clears throat> just. Because they don't have that top-level talent like they used to. So when they do struggle, it is a bit painful. But when they're actually making shots from the perimeter in particular, then they can be pretty exciting to watch. But just a matter of which one you're going to get. Because they do take a ton of threes still. So they rely so heavily on that. And if that's not working, then the game tends to bog down. But at least uh, the zone is a little more vulnerable this year. So it doesn't mean it's going to be a horribly gross game if... At both ends, if uh, they happen to be struggling offensively, at least they'll leave it entertaining at the other end sometime. <laughs>
1: Speaking of that, like not to not to sidetrack us too much, but so when state plays a zone, who do you want at that high post spot? That's a tough one for me.
0: Hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it. Ha- I think it has to be Funderburk, but uh, I think also. I, I, mean, I see the argument for for wanting C.J. Bryce there as yeah, well. Yeah, that's but, the only
1: other person I can because I, and God bless Jericho Helms, but I just don't know that that's that plays yeah. to his strengths.
0: Um, it's not. It's really not. Um, Bryce, you know, that's someone I think NC State can rely on to normally to consistently make a few of those elbow free throw uh, free throw line jump shots um, and I, and, and find something.
1: teammates and stuff too. Yeah,
0: right. Sure, and I think. Funderburk is a decent.
1: He's a pretty good passer as
0: well. Yeah, he's not bad, and he can. I think he maybe if there's some opportunities there to to make a move and get a couple steps closer and get a shot up, then that's not a bad spot for him to be. But uh, yeah, the options are not great, and then it's just a matter of are they going to end up settling for. 35 three pointers, make like seven of them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: God. Yeah, it's interesting with Thunderwork because it, it struck me last night, especially watching Garrison Brooks like go to work in the low block. That a, a, as much as I think Funderburg's improved this year, I just, he's not quite, you know, the quote unquote like traditional low post, you know, back to the basket scorer. You know, he can make a move on you here and there, but it seems like he, you know, is is okay to shoot jumpers from time to time or make a move on you and drive as opposed to like post up, make a move, that kind of thing. So that's, I think that's the next step for him. And if he gets that going, like he could be one of the best bigs in the league, but he's probably, I think he might be like a year or so away from that.
0: Right. Yeah. That, that's certainly something that's, that's still a little bit absent. But uh, he's had a great year despite that, though.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, he's. I think he's. That's the thing with state. Like they've had guys make a, a lot of progress, in my opinion. Just you know. Yeah. Well, you know, you see it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. see it too. Alas. Uh, all right. Well, we can close it out with Virginia Tech and Boston College. Oh boy. What? Oh God. I mean, OK, it's weird. And I, I said this on Twitter um, and I think like and I actually was texting back forth with West Durham about this because he saw it and we were sort of going through the various injuries. This this year feels worse than normal. I don't know if you think so, too, in terms of just like key guys from a lot of different teams spending time out. Right. Like getting hurt.
0: Yeah, it feels like everybody's had uh, some sort of multiple. I mean, Wake Forest has had a few guys banged up here and there. I think Boston College has had like two or three guys at a time. A
1: ton. And and their coach. Their coach. Uh, Yeah, he had (laughs) microfracture surgery and was like coaching with a big knee brace on at Duke. And I was just like, man, you're better than me, Jim Christian. Because I would just be like, yeah, hey, can assistant X do this? Like
0: bummer yeah I just want to lay especially out. that game I'd have been yeah with that game I'd have used it as an excuse to not even travel they're exactly. like yeah we're gonna lose that game by 25 points what's worth what's worth the expending the energy but yeah that's it's been yeah it's everybody it seems like has one thing or another more so than usual I don't know what's going on
1: and I mean I know people don't care about Boston College or Miami basketball including many of their own fans but <gasps> uh, I know how dare you <laughs> but they've those two teams have been hit the worst i was you know at the minute i heard chris likes was missing that unc game as badly as badly as unc had played at times before that game i was like oh unc's winning this game like i was completely no confident. like there was just no way they wouldn't and the, yeah i mean um for him to miss like that sucks and they've they've been really banged up too and they already didn't have any depth and um boston college is one of those teams that's been like the most banged up but they also have results that make no sense and so they infuriate me um just, I don't like, and Virginia Tech, like, what what are you doing, honey?
0: Just around, doing stuff, you know, in the middle zone of kind of okay and kind of not okay at times. That, that fun, happy place in the Ken Palm ratings between like 45 and 65 where anything could happen to those teams. They can look terrible or great on any given night, it seems like.
1: And look, they obviously have a ton of limitations um, in terms of their personnel. Um, And they've had a great year in spite of that. Just, I mean, look, they have, like they, they outperformed everybody's expectations wildly. So, um, you know, we're not, I'm not going to be like revisionist history here, but like just, you you know, after that double OT thriller, uh, sure. Against North Carolina, you know, they, I thought they might be able to build on that with like, they had Boston college and Miami both on the road, but like you should win those games. And They just looked awful. Um, Just
0: can't take anything for granted. (laughs) It's tough. I mean, it. yeah, like you mentioned, their limitations in terms of both their experience and their size in places is a problem. And when they're not making jump shots because they take so many threes, so, so many threes. It's Even by today's standards, it feels a little extreme at times with them. Um, Yeah. Certainly, it's generally a strength, but, you know, that's one of those things where if that's not working – then they don't have a ton of recourse elsewhere. And that was one of their problems against Boston College for sure.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's, ugh, this league, it's just, it's like yeoman's work watching. Um, <laughs> yeah. This, every, d, every week I do the AP top 25 and I wake up Monday morning and try to give myself like a ton of time to do it because I'm like, I don't know. I don't
0: know, guys. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know this year once you get past about 12 what, the... Uh, what order you start to go with.
1: <laughs> Although it was interesting. I was uh, one of my friends that writes for the AP. I was looking at, we were looking at various ballots and there was one guy who very clearly like used the Ken Palm rankings, but like would change teams by like a spot here and there. Hmm. And it was like, he had Florida state below uh, Ohio state.
0: Okay, well, that's just so, that's a little, that's a little, I mean, I'm I'm as big a booster of Ken Palm as anybody, but that's a little uh, extreme to rely to. (laughs) You don't want to rely all the way on on the computers and not your eyes a little bit. I mean, come on.
1: I was just cracking up because it was very clear that like, because we were lining it up against the Ken Palm and I was like, yep, he just like, he would have like one team was 20 and he'd have them like 21. And I'm like, you're not sneaking this past us. We can (laughs) sneak In a way, I kind like, of respect let's... it. You know, he had Purdue ranked, which no one else did, you know.
0: But, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're going to be lazy about filling out the AP poll, that's probably the best way to do it, at least. It's like
1: the best form of it's not plagiarism exactly, but it's like the weird it's like the plagiarism where you like copy a sentence, but you change like two words and you're like, I changed the <laughs> sentence. It's,
0: it's completely new now. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. Georgia Tech is. Pl- Sorry. I just saw Georgia Tech is playing Morehouse on Wednesday or on Tuesday tonight. Why? Why?
0: I noticed that when I was looking at them last week, and I was like, "What's the? That doesn't help." <sighs>
1: no.
0: But now we'll see. We'll put to the test if they can score more than ninety some odd points against Morehouse.
1: What are, they're going to score? No, they're not. They're not. They're not going to score more than they did against UNC. That was the most sco- points they've scored against a Division One team in the Pastner era. Um, wow. Of course, I think that's still huh. Carolina's. That's Carolina's second highest point total of the year, and they didn't even hit a field goal until the 6:49 mark of the first half. College basketball is 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 ridiculous this year. It makes no sense.
0: March ought to be fun, at least.
1: <laughs> you know, define fun.
0: <clears throat> Chaos, just randomness.
1: I don't enjoy that. You know.
0: Yeah, I can take it in that context, at least. Maybe not so much right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just like I, it. Just makes it. I I I like a little bit of order in my universe, and I don't the chaos theory is a little out of control this year, but we shall see. I, Oh, before I get you out of here, um, because we've talked about him on this podcast before your boy, Brad Davison looks like, Oh gosh. Looks like, uh, the Wisconsin, I, the, the fame. just
0: saw that. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord.
1: The famed Wisconsin flopper, not just a gritty, gutty, uh, gritty, gutty defensive player out there making plays, huh?
0: No, apparently, apparently a cheap shot to, and I guess it's not the first time he's done something like that either. So I guess I can't say I'm shocked that he's once again in the crosshairs.
1: <laughs> I'm a little, I was a little surprised um, because I feel like the, the take charge guys are those guys that have like this weird sense of basketball honor.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, Right. So like the white knights of basketball, protecting the, the purity. The game as it's meant to be played. Yes.
1: Yes. I'm taking a charge for my team and it's like, okay, but yeah, he apparently uh, likes to hit guys in the nuts. Um
0: Yeah, very very unfortunate. They're glad he, he seemed to miss the uh really painful area. <laughs> but I think he I feel like there was some incident last year that was similar, but I could be hallucinating possibly. But
1: Yeah, um I think this is something that they're going to have to deal with. Um I I thought a, I thought some of the reaction to Grayson Allen when he was at Duke doing some of this stuff was a little overblown, but I was also simultaneously mad at Grayson because I was like, please make me stop writing about this. I don't want to write about this anymore. Um, <laughs> uh But this is yeah. this is like this seems to speak to some level of premeditation that I don't even think Grayson would have in those moments. Like
0: <laughs> Yeah, it does. They somebody better calm him down unless he's or you know, this will end up getting ugly both directions at some point. Yeah, for sure.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna get you out of here. Um, I hope you're okay. Um,
0: I'll I'll live. I'll survive. Probably.
1: Just I I don't <laughs> want this team to to, yeah. I I I don't know. I don't know. how no telling how you guys do. Can't this.
0: explain. I don't know. Don't know. It's what it is.
1: <laughs> All right, Stephen. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I'll talk to you guys little bit later in the week. Bye.